0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 40th episode of 2021. You know, last Thursday, the FCC authorized another $164 million in RDOF awards for 42 Fiber the Home service providers to deliver gigabit services to 65,000 locations in 21 states over the next 10 years. This is the second tranche of approved long-form applications from the December 7th auction winners. You know, the vetting process has been slow, but we have a long way to go. But as anticipated, the FCC is authorizing fiber awards first from the experienced and proven providers. On the bipartisan infrastructure package front, the speaker is targeting October 27th for a vote. We believe the bill will remain intact as passed by the Senate. The infrastructure bill will continue to be held up until an agreement can be reached on the reconciliation plan. So stay tuned. On the state front, Friday, Governor Newsom signed uh, into law the Broadband Deployment Acceleration Best Practices Act of 2021 in California. That's SB 378. You know, we're very active on pushing this bill as it provides best practices for micro-trenching and helps standardize and speed the deployment of fiber broadband speaking of deployment, we have a very interesting session planned for you today to discuss charting a course to dangerous fiber network waters. Again, good morning and welcome everybody. I'm Gary Bolton, the President and CEO of the Fiber Broadband Association. You know, last week we met with leading analyst firm, Omnia's Michael Philpot, who shared his latest research on the importance of all fiber networks in a gigabit society. We learned that consumers value more than just speed placing a high value on broadband reliability, customer service, good Wi-Fi experience, and high quality applications and features. Today, our guests, Wade Anderson and Kyle Arnell from IQ Geo are gonna walk us through the fiber operation or operator maturity model and help us understand where the pitfalls lie in the design and management of fiber networks. Wade Anderson is the vice president at IQ Geo and he brings significant tech leadership to the company as he previously held positions as CEO of OSP Insight, and product management positions at um, Microsoft, and as the CTO uh, at a startup. Wade has an MBA from Harvard, and a computer science degree from Brigham Young University. Kyle Arnell is a solutions engineer at IQgeo with nearly a decade of working in the fiber carrier space. He developed and managed near net initiatives for 10 competitive Western US market uh, while at Electric LightWave, at WAVE Broadband, he standardized documentation and network design efforts across U.S. West Coast. Kyle is in his key ad, um, element advising on fiber asset management. So welcome, Kyle, and welcome, Wade. For our audience, you know, please type in your questions as we go for Q&A at the conclusion of the presentation. With that, I'll turn it over to Kyle.
1: Thanks, Gary. We're excited to be here today and talking about charting uh, a course through dangerous network waters. And let's go one more there as well. So um, like Gary was saying in the introduction here, uh, I've had the privilege of of working with some very talented individuals at some very notable uh, fiber carriers in, in the fiber space. Uh, I, I had a brief stint at Electric Lightwave. Uh, they were established in 1988 Uh, They had network coverage from Montana and West in the Western United States. and They came into being by a a combination of both organic growth as well as acquisitional growth uh, with other companies such as Integra, Citizens, which was later rebranded as Frontier, Echelon, Optic Access, among several others. They grew their business to be uh, attractive enough to be acquired by Zeo in 2017 for $1.4 billion. Um I was part of the uh, the transition from Electric Lightwave to Zeo uh, and Zeo was established in 2007 network coverage coverage across the continental United States and parts of Europe as well similar to Electric Lightwave uh, organic growth as well as acquisitional growth uh, AFS MFN AboveNet 360 Networks Electric Lightwave a lot of these companies, uh Itzeo and Electric Lightwave, had been uh, adopters of OSP Insight products as well as IQgeo products. They were most recently acquired by EQT EQT Capital and additional Quality Partners in 2019 for $14.5 billion. And then lastly, before coming on at IQgeo uh this last year, I was the fiber records Administ- database administrator at Wave Broadband. They had network coverage primarily in Oregon, California, and Washington. And just like Zeo and Electric Lightwave, a combination of organic growth as well as acquisitional growth, uh, buying up small ISPs or larger uh, fiber providers, so stand, BlackRock, Cable, SawNet, Digital West, Cascade Networks. And uh, they were attractive enough to be acquired by TPG Capital for $2.36 billion regardless or beyond the measured success of an organization growth will always introduce challenges no one's immune from the growing pains in the fiber space the larger an apparatus becomes the uh, the more moving parts it requires to to continue um organic or organic growth or growth through acquisition both present unique challenges um Organic growth will test the scalability of your current engineering processes when you you need new human resource, new network elements to grow your business. Acquisitional growth will test the resolve of management uh, of the parent company and the acquired team members. Uh, Both of these groups will have a tendency to rely and and kind of backslide onto local network knowledge and documentation. Uh, Siloed processes and disconnected applications tend to create mistrust and disunity. Um, Both types of growth require efficient assimilation of new assets in order to remain successful. And really, reliance on tribal knowledge is is unsustainable. If you want your business to grow and continue to be efficient, you can't rely on the information living inside of uh, local technicians' heads or engineers' heads. So a game plan for continuing your success. Um, greatness is kind of a daily habit. Uh, organizations need a concerted effort uh, directed uh, towards, uh, against the constant gravitational pull towards entropy or the old ways of doing things. Creating harmony amongst your organizations um, around the network documentation you have is, is mission critical. Everybody needs to understand uh, in, and have access to network data in, in ways that are important for them. So first here is to develop process standards or process standardization provides the foundational structure for successful scalability without a consistent data standard, without a consistent engineering standard, uh, individual engineering groups amongst your organization will have a tendency to kind of run in their own direction. And then once you've standardized engineering process and documentation efforts, uh, a QA, QC process is critical. It provides kind of the guide rails or the boundary markers for your team members to be held accountable against. And then lastly, uh, maintenance protocols for both your physical and your documented network uh, inoculates your network against chaos. Um, it's important that your documentation be visited and, and tended to the same way that your physical network does as well, is as well. And with that, I'll kick it over to Wade for just a second here.
2: Um, So to help fiber operators, we've been in this business uh, since 1993, uh, primarily focused and obsessed about network asset management and keeping track of the data about your network. You can, people talk about a digital twin, a digital representation of what's actually in the ground. And this is the business that we're in, is helping people to make efficient use of their operations, just as Kyle described some of these best practices we've seen. So to help fiber operators, we've developed what we're calling the fiber operator maturity model, which is a representation of um, different stages that we find uh, different operators in as far as their maturity around their operations and specifically around their data operations. So this is a high level view. I'm gonna show you each what each of these components means to describe to you what each of these components means. If you could go to the next slide, Trish. The first one is, um, and Kyle mentioned this a a little bit, uh, we call this fiber record entropy. And this is, it's an arrow, it's pointing from right to left, um, really moving you away from where you're trying to get to as far as having a really mature operations. And this is just a play on the second law of thermodynamics, the law of entropy. Entropy in this context means it is representative of a amount of disorder that exists in a given system. And the tendency in nature for disorder to um, to grow and grow. Each of you know this, if you have children and you look at your children's bedroom, over time it becomes messier and messier. That is the a rough way to think about the law of entropy. And so in the fiber record con- uh, context, this should also uh, ring true for you as well. If you have your fiber records, over time they're going to get out of date, they get messier. It just increases as time goes on if there's no intervention. And progress will bring more entropy, not less. As Kyle highlighted, growth, whether organic growth or acquisitional growth, um, will have different data sets, different standards. It creates entropy. It makes it harder and harder to have a really efficient operation. And so this model presents a a framework for proactively going against fiber entropy, which will exist um, whether you're uh, aware of it or not. Trish, go to the next slide, please. So starting on the far left, and then we're going to move towards uh, where we're trying to get to. The far left is record chaos. This is essentially documentation bankruptcy. It's a strategy of, I hope nothing bad happens. Um, Thankfully, we don't run into too many fiber operators that are in this state, but this is the natural state of things if nothing is done. Um, And in this state, you can imagine just the difficulty for individual employees, your designers, your field technicians. Um, productivity is gonna be low, ability to answer simple questions about your fiber network are going to take days or even weeks or maybe even be unanswerable. And in this case fiber records can hold the entire business back. The next stage up from this, and this is where um, as a a software vendor we talk to people in this stage the most, uh, generally have disconnect, we call this stage the disconnected application stage. So this is at the beginning of a fiber network or earlier on in a, in a journey uh, running a fiber network, you're gonna use a, we call it a bespoke process of generic or open source applications to plan, design, and maintain your fiber network assets, again, in the digital sense. Common tools here are like QGIS, um, Google Earth, which will produce KMLs or KMZs, and Microsoft Office. So often we'll see splicing records in Excel, um, diagrams in, in Visio, um, there's nothing wrong with these tools on the face of it. They're just not purpose built for network asset management. What we see as best of practice is adopting a system of record. Obviously, this is the business we're in as um, our product OSP Insight is a system of record. There are many good vendors in the space and in the maturity model um, It's agnostic to exactly which vendor, as long as this purpose-built software can help you manage your fiber network in a better way. It's built for a fiber network provider, and it gives you a number of really big benefits once you can kind of coalesce your disconnected applications or your disconnected records into a centralized fiber record system or a system of record. Um, And some of the key things you're gonna get in this stage is fiber capacity visibility, which is really important for your sales and marketing teams, or even your board of directors and thinking about where you're planning on going with your fiber network. In addition to this, a rapid being able to um, rapidly respond to outages. So most system fi- purpose built fiber record systems will have an ability to take an OTDR trace, plug that into the system and estimate with a high degree of um, accuracy where that fiber break is likely occurred, allowing your team to roll trucks to the appropriate place and fix the outage in a, in, As fast away as possible. The holy grail of in our maturity model is what we call the fully integrated platform. In this um, situation, take your system of record and you integrate it to the rest of your business systems. Um, This can be done through an open API or a direct database connection or some other integration with your GIS system. Um, and then there's a num- number of benefits you can get through this integration. One, your your business as a whole is relying on your outside plant records, can make decisions on those outside plant records in a more real-time basis. Um, also in this stage, uh, our vision is for a mobile-connected workforce, being able to take your fiber records out into the field, even in an offline scenario, say, where you're going to fix something and you don't have access to the web application, but you can take the data with you, and your field technicians can still make use of that data. Additionally, you can have a more data driven fiber planning and design process, automatically build a bill of materials or a labor task list, again, out of a, a purpose built fiber record platform. And then um, you can respond to outages in a more automated way. So what we see from best-in-class fiber operators or the furthest level three maturity level fiber operators is an integration to their fiber test systems um, from vendors such as uh, Expo. So you're able to connect to uh, your fiber test infrastructure, have a real-time alarm show up in your purpose-built fiber platform, and that allows your team to respond even faster than customers can call you and tell you about an outage. And really kind of the the final pillar here is you have um, explicit trust in your fiber records as a business. You can make good decisions and you can trust that what you have represented in the digital world is the same of what you have in the physical world. So just summarizing, it up, summarizing we have fiber record entropy, that's the law of nature constantly pushing against your fiber record. Um, and pushing you towards record chaos. It takes proactive management to move up the maturity model from a disconnected applications to the system of record, and finally to the fully integrated platform where you can fully trust your fiber records. Hand it back to Kyle for some key takeaways.
1: Thanks, Wade. Um, So yeah, key takeaways here. Really solid, consistent network documentation in tandem with your engineering efforts will really streamline assimilation of your new assets. And inconsistent or non-existent documentation will sometimes prevent assimilation altogether. Um, Organizations carry on with incomplete views of large portions of their own assets, which can really stymie growth in those areas. So to avoid these problems, really uh, identify the data points that are most important to your current and future operations. Standardize around those, uh, those key data points. Monitor your efforts and adjust courses where, adjust course where necessary. And then lastly, uh, maintain your network documentation the same way you do your physical assets. And I, I'd like to kind of close up here with a, a quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I'm a, a, he, this quote here, it says, a well-built physique is more than vanity. It shows discipline, dignity, and dedication It requires patience, passion, and self-respect. It cannot be bought, stolen, or inherited. It cannot be held onto without constant work. And that's what I think of uh, network records and fiber networks in general. It's a a lot of hard work to work against entropy, but it it has uh, long-term payoffs if you do. With that, we'll kick it back over to you, Gary.
0: Well, now I have to, my mental image of uh, fiber record management is Arnold. Um, (laughs) Good. Uh, that's great. So when you think about um, having these good records on fiber management, is it the real the main driver on maintenance and operations? Or is it on business development, you know, knowing where your dark fiber is, revenue growth? You know, how, what where is it Then, on which side of that equation?
1: Honestly, I think it falls equally on both. You know, I, I mean, you, you can't grow without knowing what you have. Um, and if you don't have a good eye on what you have, it's it's difficult to run a, a clean, tight ship is is how I've seen it in my experience,
2: yeah, just to add to that, I think um the operators that we talk to that are having fires burning and they're most concerned about it kind of earlier on in that maturity model. I would say it's more in the maintenance and operation phase they they can't even get their head above water to think about revenue growth opportunities. They have such a large backlog of um designs they're trying to get out and quotes they're trying to fulfill for their sales team that. It's probably more, I'd say, primarily in the maintenance and operation earlier in the maturity model. And later in the maturity model, you can start to think more about revenue growth and business development opportunities.
0: So one of the questions that came in is, uh, does Geo work with or compete with Render Networks?
2: What we presented today is a little bit shifted from what we understand Render Networks provides. Geo, as an enterprise software offering, does have a competitive offering to Render Networks. The division where Kyle and I work in, um, we don't directly compete, we're selling more the system of record piece. So nothing we presented today would be competitive to render networks, but IQGO does have a competitive
0: offering to render networks. And so when you're, can you talk a little bit about the mobile app? I mean, so what? at what point are you collecting data? I mean, is it during installation? Is it the design phase? You know, are you, so when you're going out to, uh, say you're deploying to new residential neighborhoods and is it all from you know moving from the design phase into your records or are you looking for implementation and how does that app work
1: i i can take, take this one I, I i think that it, it really works in tandem with one another so it, it, designing the initial build will drive the boots on the ground that go in to actually do an initial site walkout and then it's this back and forth between your design an accepted design then goes into the system that then drives the construction of of the new element that then comes back that then adjusts the initial design so it's this organic back and forth that's important uh, because ultimately it's it's your guys with their hands on their cable on your cable that knows your network better than even the documentation can so that feedback loop is is critical to maintaining both the physical network as well as the documented network
0: so can you describe like when i look out in my front yard and you know, you you see the guys out there dug a hole, get in the conduit, and they have that kind of oh shit look on their face. What what at what point? I mean, where do you? How are you able to um, leverage this um, these records and and where does it have the biggest impact?
1: And I, I think where Wade touched on, you know. Uh, our our drive to have our our end users have a mobile connected workforce is is mission critical because if if you're looking at disparate data sources, if you're looking at different information, that's that's going to lead to problems, you know. But if if everybody, you know, again the boots on the ground as well as the person sitting behind the, the computer screen are seeing the same information and have this, you know, in some sense is a real time feedback loop with one another, it really mitigates the the, the risks associated to Uh, you know, causing problems in the field or doing something uh, wrong, I guess. To to add to that,
2: Gary, one of the um, things that we found our customers or other fiber operators have found most valuable from a system of record is this fiber capacity visibility. So a recent customer um, that would be more in the disconnected applications phase of of the fiber maturity model described to me how when they actually had their field guys go out and open up the splice case, they found there was some fiber Um, that they didn't even realize they weren't using. They had prior records showing they were using them, they were no longer being used anymore, and they had a lot of excess capacity that they were in the middle of trying to get CapEx spend for, and then they realized they didn't even need it. So they just had a much more efficient way to use their fiber network assets. We think about it very much, and we've had people describe it to us this way, you, it's really expensive to build a fiber network um, you're essentially pouring a ton of money in the ground what a, a system of records software helps you do or an asset management software it just get a better roi on that the money you're pouring into the ground to build that asset
0: yeah i mean so i mean what we've seen from wall street is that fiber is incredibly accretive uh, so when what you're saying is to churn over time you lose track of what capacity you have and where your assets are and so then you end up overbuilding unnecessarily right so it's this is going to save a ton of money in capex as well as operations is that what you're saying correct
2: yeah yeah one kind of point on the operations too is many fiber operators will have slas with some of their most important clients Um, and we've had customers talk to us about how they'll deploy a truck to the field to go fix an outage and because they can use a good system of record and know which customers serve by which fiber, they can prioritize the customers with the stricter SLAs, or even in some situations like emergency responders, like a 911 operator or a hospital that really needs their network brought back up. And it can save hours and literally could save lives in some of those emergency
0: responder cases. So one of the questions came in, are you finding more opportunities with municipalities seeking to deploy fiber?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We've seen um, I mean, we've been in this business. My both Kyle and my father started this business in 1993, um, and we're seeing in the last few years in the municipality se- uh, segment, but also in a number of other segments, just an explosion of fiber network deployments. And so we're talking to a lot more people than we ever have in the past.
0: So as now as we're you know we're in the largest capex investment cycle in history for fiber. Um, so a lot of fiber is going out there. And, you know, as communities and, you know, businesses are trying to connect, you know, whether they have offices around the country or customers that they're trying to reach with fiber, um, it seems like there's, and even if you look at all the infrastructure that you're trying to leverage with fiber, whether you're leasing dark fiber for um, smart grid modernization or, you know, leasing into other operators or being able to provide, um, connect different fiber networks together, is that... What you're seeing is um, this is going to significantly grow those business development opportunities?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, all of that kind of makes me think about what we described in this law of entropy, like there's just a lot more going on. So there's a lot of ways that the documentation, the data can get mixed up. And so it's more and more important to have. Just as we see in other business processes like accounting per se, like imagine a world where you didn't have your accounting books in a software record. We see a tool like OSP or other system of record vendors as essentially your QuickBooks. Uh, It's analogous to your QuickBooks for your accounting records is a system of record for your fiber records.
0: So I can imagine this isn't the number one thing on operators' minds. Like they know they need to do it. They know they need to get on it. But it's other priorities always kind of put this to you know let me put this off you know I'll get to it next year. Um, how do I mean? How do you someone get started? I mean, what? How big a job is it to go from? I don't know where you are on the the model, but if you're in the total chaos or maybe down, you know, know that you have. And I don't know that any operator um, that I've seen has great records. Is, is that a, an overstatement? but I mean, we've see,
2: we've seen some that do have good records uh, they're definitely further on the maturity, but there's plenty that don't um I think to answer your question, I would think if i'm if this isn't if if I haven't ran into an issue where I've been burned by having poor records or like scrambling to put things together, I probably wouldn't make it a priority if I was a business owner. I would think like hey google earth q g i s some of these other tools I can get by um but when it does you're gonna feel the pains, it's gonna become a priority and that's probably a fine time to onboard. And we've been we've been able to, as a company, onboard people in a pretty short amount of time and can find value in just a few weeks out of the platform. Um, so we're happy to, if people are earlier on, I think it's okay not to prioritize this as an investment, but you'll find, I think, fairly quickly that it becomes important and that's a good time to talk to someone like us or some of the other vendors in the space.
0: So, you know, we have lots of, you know, 88% of the fiber CapEx last year came from, you know, um, small providers. And so, we're, as we see rural electric co-ops, municipalities, new emerging providers, is this something that you're better off starting day one? Or, I mean, is it like a no-brainer to get this in place before you start having a lot of records that you have to go back and manage? Yeah, 100%. I think so. About- Yeah, relative
2: to the cost of your other CapEx, the software is going to be such a small piece. And if you can essentially get more efficiency out of your asset spend, um, we see it as a no-brainer. And if you do start from day one, it's it's going to be so easy to keep these processes, like Kyle described, having good data standards from day one. These are all things that we see. And and we do see this from some startup operators where they're thinking about this and they're thinking, hey, from day one, I need to make sure that I am – Documenting the value of the network and um, it, whether you're looking to sell your network in the future or looking to ha- um, to just grow it yourself, those are all good ways to increase the enterprise value that you're building as a small operator.
1: And, and just and to kind of piggyback here, like it, documenting something on the fly is a lot easier than rolling trucks for an audit after the fact. <laughs> good, consistent documentation from day one was going to save you a lot of money in the long run.
0: Well, listen, Wade and Kyle, really appreciate you taking the time to share with us your, your experience and insights. Um, so I wanted to alert everybody to next week. We're going to be talking about fiber planning and design has gone mobile with Inghouse Network Director of Solutions and Engineering, Tom Carroll. So you guys aren't going to want to miss that. And I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks again, Wade and Kyle. And we'll see you guys again next Wednesday.